we discussed the variety of weapons used in hardcore wrestling. Today, we discuss AEW Full Gear, and in particular, Kenny Omega vs. John Moxley and their use of weaponized storytelling. So don't go anywhere. You do not want to miss this. A big event just happened. Uh, neither one of us were at. Starcast. Starcast. Another big Starcast event that happened in Baltimore. I'm banned. Lovely. Great. Hope you had a good time. <laughs> I saw our good friend, the Blue Meanie, was there. Yep. Him and Tricky McVomit. With Tricky McVomit? Yep. Yeah, Happy they were him. both there having a good time. Great. I couldn't get in if I bought a ticket. Hashtag fuck Mikey. <laughs> but here's what would happen. You see, you see the angle on television where the heel buys a front row ticket. And I get, hey, I get to hang out. I have a front row ticket right. that I bought. If it was me doing that angle, I wouldn't, they wouldn't even let me through the front door. But I have a ticket. But then fuck you would create this big stir. How about what? Would you create a big scene? No. You have the ticket. No. You should still be able to get no, in. No, no, I'm I'm not like that. B A double N E D. Well, you got the D in the end, so that's all I can say. Well, I got the D in the end. Did you catch the uh the AEW pay-per-view? I thought it was good. Some of the things we're seeing now that they're doing in AEW, I think really ties into some things I think you could shed some light on as far as some of these extreme matches. And I have some poignant questions for you. Are you ready to answer some of those this week? Yeah, why the fuck not? Lay it on the line. Should I do an open? Oh, don't do Jerry's line. Now I'm going to get depressed he's not here. I'm just asking you. Fuck the open. Okay, all right. All right, that, that's a Jerry thing. We will let that go. So, you know what? Right now, hashtag no open. Nope. Fuck it. We're going to close. Not until Jerry can do his, his bit. We'll close. Right. Yes. We do that very well. This is Front Row Material with ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. So, Mr. Lynn, you've been in contact with Mr. Lynn? Yes, of course. Good. My longtime okay. dear close personal friend, Jerry Lynn. Nice. And, uh... No, I talked to Jerry. He's hanging in there. Nothing, nobody panic. It's nothing life-threatening. But hopefully we'll hear some good news. Absolutely. How are you? I'm, uh, good. I, uh, I've been drinking wine. <laughs> I've upgraded... <laughs> From malt beverages, and I know on grapes. Wow. Yeah. You know, don't take this the wrong way, but I never saw you as a wine person. I am a fucking George. fine fashion <laughs> connoisseur. <laughs> you like to, like, swish it, or, uh, swish it around in the cup and then take a nice... Yeah, like you're rinsing after brushing your teeth. So where do you get your wine? Where do you get your wine at? At the Valero on the corner. I was about to say, you, you better not even see Valero. <laughs> Oh, my God. So. I got this at the Wine and Spirits. Wine and, sp wine and Spirits. Because Pennsylvania, what? they have all their shit is fucking government run. Mm-hmm. So all your alcohol, uh, hard alcohol, uh, must, okay. be, must be purchased at the liquor store. So you can't get it at a grocery store or said Valero. Well, you can, but you have to pay for it separately. It's a real fucking pain in the dick, to be fucking wow. honest. Oh. They have a whole separate section where you have to go in, and then you have to pay for it. You have to show your ID every every time, even though I look like I'm fucking 21. My fucking ass. <laughs> and you have to pay separately. They have to take their receipt and tape it to your your bottle of wine or your, your six-pack, 12-pack of beer. Right. But you can only buy so much. Like, I can't go in there and buy two 12-packs and a bottle of wine. Oh, I say nay-nay. You can buy two of the three <laughs> at the same time. Otherwise, you have, to, you have to leave, put the shit in your car, and then come back in. That's ridiculous. That, that makes no logical sense whatsoever. No. It's fucking dumb. It's Pennsylvania, and it's fucking dumb. You cannot buy beer at a 7-Eleven or a Wawa, but you can ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Yeah. Good point. Makes no sense at all. Not, not at all. So is your wife into the wine, too, or is she just not so much? She'll drink wine, but it's got, right it's got to be fruity. Wine. Okay. You know, she can't have a nice dry white. She used to have a 
a strawberry fucking blush or some shit. Might I add, that is not bad at all. I like that. What's not bad? The the fruit flavored stuff. I think that stuff's just as good as anything else. I guess. I'm not. A, Are I'm you not turned a big... off of it because you think it's too foo foo? Well, Do you think it's it, not hardcore enough for you? I used to drink. I used to drink Down Home Punch. It was a sparkling uh, Jack Daniels beverage. Yes. Yes. Very good. It was delicious. I still make them. Do you still enjoy consuming it? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Are you the type of person that has to be in a mood for a specific type of drink? Nope. So you can basically, if someone, if you're at someone's house and you're hanging out and they say, hey, we're going to have whiskey or we're going to have beer or we're going to have wine, you're, you're good with anything at any point. Whatever. Nice. Wine is fine, but whiskey's quicker. <laughs> hello, lips. Hello, gums. Watch out, stomach. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> Dave Meltzer has his, his five-star scale. If we have the Mikey Whipwreck sheet scale, how many sheets are you right now to the wind? That depends. Are we in the, are we in the uh, Tokyo Dome? <laughs> or are we at the Bingo Hall in Philadelphia? No, we're, we're, we're at your favorite place, the Fargo Center. <laughs> well, that's fucking great. The Fargo Center. Mm. The Fargo Dome. Fargo Dome. Okay. At least I think that's that what a- it was called. That adds a certain level of impressiveness to it. Instead of an arena, a dome. Which basically means just a half circle on top. That's basically the extent of it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. So what, what kind of wine is this right now? It's a red wine. It's an Antler Ridge Winery is who makes it. It's a Pennsylvania table wine, which I don't fucking understand because does it mean I can't drink it if I'm at the table? Like, I can't be standing at the kitchen counter and drinking a glass of wine? Is it not appropriate? Yes, not. This particular flavor is called Red Vixen. Oh, behave. Yes, Red Vixen. Sounds tawdry. Nice. It's, red, it's a little fruity-ish for me. It's not... You know, like fucking strawberry blush bullshit, fucking wine cooler. Right. But it's it's a red wine. It's a bit of the sweet side. We talked about Bartles and Jane's at one point in time, right? Yeah, with Wolf Brimley. Right. They still make that shit? I don't think they make it anymore. I don't think it is. I don't think it's around anymore. That's because it tasted like shit. <laughs> you drank too much Bartles and James, it got the diabetes. <laughs> Oh, speaking of fun times, if you like sex just like just about everyone else on planet Earth, then I highly recommend you go on over... I love sex, brother! ...to our good friends at BlueChew.com. That's right, BlueChew.com has a product that can help you have more fun in the bedroom. No more worrying about small packages or short matches. They will allow you to go the distance. Mikey, you're going to give your biggest fan their money's worth. They're going to pop... And so will you. Mikey, tell them how they get their Blue Chew. Just go to bluechew.com, promo code ECW. No doctor visits, no uh, uncomfortable uh, you know, questions from your female doctor if you have one. It's quite nice, quite lovely. All you got to do is fill out a few questions online. The product will be shipped discreetly to your location. Once again, you don't have to pay for anything except for just the $5 for shipping and handling. That's right, everybody. Your order, your first order is free when you use promo code ECW. Remember, chew it and do it. So we talked last week about the different kind of weapons and whatnot when it came to things being violent, okay? Talked about staple guns and sometimes where... You know, you'd staple a dollar bill to someone's forehead just to show that it's real. You said that might not necessarily be your cup of tea. You'd click it, and then obviously guy would go down, blade, make it look like it happened. So the night the line was crossed, Shane Douglas, Terry Funk, and Sabu. Oh, yeah, I was there. When it comes to things that are extreme, I don't know, I feel like we use that word a lot. And you said even in your own definition – Hardcore is just people going at it, not necessarily with weapons or chairs or balls to the wall. Just going like like a Broadway, right? Well, not necessarily a Broadway, but just just going out there, just giving it everything giving it you your got. all, right? So that's hardcore. Extreme 
you would con you would you would associate with the blood, yes. the gore, all that, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you said the worst injury you had seen was when Sabu laced open his bicep, and that was pretty graphic. That was gross. And he talked about how Taz. Yeah. Taz got a big gash in his calf and, or his, his shin. His shin. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think you and Jerry did say something once before that the barbed wire is legit barbed wire, correct? Yes. That's not gimmick. Correct. And there is a difference between barbed wire and razor wire. Yes. Okay. I heard the inflection in your voice, so that obviously tells me that hashtag in wrestling, we don't fuck with razor wire. Is that correct? I wouldn't. It's literally like razor blades. Oh, right. Yeah, no, fuck that. Okay. So how sharp is barbed wire itself? Not that it's sharp. Okay. It's like mini nails. Okay. Where it punctures. And it can, it, it can cut. I mean, if you put all your weight on something and you kind of slide down it, I mean, it's going to put a nasty mm -hmm. gash in. Okay. But when I was trying to hit the barbed wire, I was trying to hit it flat. So it would just puncture, put little holes in there, and right. not, you know, cut. Well, the reason I bring this up is because recently, obviously, with Kenny Omega, had his match with John Moxley, and it, it got pretty intense with... Shards of glass, the barbed wire, all that kind of stuff. It's stuff that you guys had done before, so it's it's not new to you guys. Glass, let me ask you this. Gimmicked or literally someone smashing uh, Concord grape jelly jars in the back? I don't know what they used. I know when Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten did their Taipei Deathmatch, that was real glass. Yeah, that was real glass. I know when the WWE okay. does stuff, they use fake glass. Gotcha. Okay. Like the old barbershop window of Marty Jannetty. Hey, how you doing? Oh, Jesus, that ha I mean, that guy would have cut his jugular and bled all out. That had to have been. You got to be careful with that, too, because if you get caught the wrong way. Well, of course. You're donezo. And there's kids in the audience, too, so you don't need that. But people still talk about it. They do still talk about it. Do they talk about Janetti going through the window first on the barbershop, or do they talk more about when Sid Vicious took a steel chair and bashed open the medicine cabinet on the barbershop and uh, he happened to catch the edge of the barbasol can. Yeah, yeah, and it just Peter North him all over his face. No, they good Lord Almighty. <laughs> no, they talk about Marty Jannetty. That was pretty impressive, and that was that was pretty cutting edge. No pun intended. I've never really time. heard people talk about the barbershop except for the Jannetty thing. I mean, the same right. thing is a ha ha. Right, but that wasn't even supposed to happen. But it was great though. What a visual. It was. That did look pretty terrifying when he had all that white stuff dripping off of his face. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or wine. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sid was the type of guy who, and I don't know him, but he seemed like he was pretty intense as his character, but very laid back when he was not performing, because he he that acts that way off, off camera. Yeah. I just feel bad for. Sometimes when people are trying to have those serious moments, when shit happens and it just completely takes away all of their sincerity and anger and it turns into like a giggle fest in the audience. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think, I, I think it looked good. The shaving cream can't explode. It hit him in the face and he just no-sold it. Just like, fuck you. I'm covered in shaving cream. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think sometimes or some people in that moment might – Lose it or get frustrated with that and try to wipe it off their face real fast. and Maybe, but he left it. He, didn't, he was not selling that shit for anything. Yeah, that's true. Man. I thought it was good. I think, I think it fit his character being starting to be a little, a little psycho. A little kooky? Yeah, he was. He, yeah, he did definitely come across a little cuckoo. Well, John Moxley and Kenny Omega had a match at Full Gear, and I'm sure some of you have seen it. I saw it. It was, uh, it was a lot involved. You paid fifty bucks. Well, I split it with somebody. Oh, okay. hey, what do you who, What do you think I am? Well, you're a cheapskate, you know, so I figured. Rich guy. I'm not a cheapskate. I, I think, you know, I'm surprised you spent fifty dollars. Hold on, hold on. Let's get back to this for a second. You have here. Thirty or forty. What do you mean over? I'm a cheapskate? I'm not a cheapskate. You buy your beer at the Valero. Fancy beer. Everything comes back to that with an it? orange label on the pop top. Honestly, how many people did you bring over yesterday? I there was like four people. Say. So we all what? It's 50, yeah. We all chip in 10 bucks. We're good to go. 10 bucks ain't bad. 
So four, four not including yourself. Correct. Correct. I had four other. Yes. What about the text? They spent a lot of time searching for said weapons. Now, let me ask you this. Is that you, just part of the whole thing? Find that, 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 you no, no, find no, I get that, but like you knew going into the match where said props are going to be located under the ring. Sometimes. Are you trying to make it believable that you don't know? That's why you're spending so much time looking for this shit? Because I felt like they used a lot of time looking for things. If you knew, there's a barbed wire bat under there. You probably know where it is. Not one thing you have just laying, you not just have laying around the house. <laughs> yes. So if it was under there, you, you probably put it under there. That is correct. So you should fucking know where it is. Correct. Unless they moved it. Who? Who is they? The production team. So the production crew, the people who set the ring. Yeah, so maybe before the show, he went under there. This. He took the things and he put them in a certain spot. And then production okay. crew throughout the, throughout the course of the day was moving things, running cable, doing whatever they do, and they moved it. That would explain why, then, he didn't know where okay. it was. Right. Indeed. Okay. I'm just I throwing just that out there. I don't know. a lot of time <laughs> playing Where's Waldo here, trying to get stuff. And I, and I get it. Obviously, it's to build up the suspense of what is the object under the ring, right? Right. They go to this side. Oh, it wasn't there. And they get a close-up on the guy's face, and he looks frustrated. And then he goes to the other side, and he finally finds it. And he pauses before he pulls it out, draws out the suspense, and then pulls out a bag of, I don't know, whatever the fuck. Do you think that when a match is going to involve either thumbtacks or barbed wire baseball bats or sledgehammers or gorilla glue or whatever, do you think you should limit that to only two or three items? Do you think there is such thing as an excess or too much when it comes to that? Well, because then I think, where are you going to go next? Right. You did glass. You did uh, a barbed wire net. Do you ever know anybody in matches who did peel back the canvas and expose the wooden boards? Not that I remember. I remember NXT did it when they, the Nexus guys did yeah. it when they... Yes, that was uh, Tommaso Ciampo and uh, Johnny Gorgano when they had their feud. And there was handcuffs involved in that as well. He DDT'd him on the wood and got the three count. Right. It's a cool visual. How, how hard does that fucking hurt when you hit that wood? That had to suck a bit. That had to have been god-awful. There was some suckage involved oh in that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, are, there, are there steel underneath the wood, or is it just yes. the wood? So, uh, it de- depends on the ring. Holy shit. That had to been terrible. It, had to, it, it mm. couldn't have been fun. No. Well, when it comes to being an agent or when it comes to being somebody who helps put the match together, and, and I know you, you do this and you do this obviously with your students when you train them and you talk to them about, okay, what do you want to do when you go out there? How much would you say the producer has involvement in this as far as saying, okay, this is what we want you guys to do. We want you to use nine different objects and we want you to do all this or – is it more so on the performers and then the agent just kind of helps critique some of the stuff that they come up with? Like who's really driving the ship when it comes to that, with that three-way conversation? I'm not sure. From your experiences, I know in ECW, Paul just gave you the final, you know, this is where I need you to be. However you get there is up to you. For them to have all that stuff ready to go, the office had to know about it. And Kenny is the office. This is correct. <laughs> you know, and Mox is a top guy. So they probably just mm-hmm. did whatever they wanted. I don't know who their agent was. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Right. But. You had a very sadistic character. Your character was, was out there, man. I mean, when it comes to how can we top the last thing we did? What kind of things would run through your mind? Obviously, when it was you and Sinister Minister and Tajiri. I don't know how into the crazy craziness he was. I feel like that was probably you and uh, James Mitchell kind of running the, the ship on the, on the crazy stuff. Am I correct in that assumption? Um, as far as the, the gimmicks and the promos and stuff, yeah. Okay. That's don't, what I thought. Don't, don't I was fucking, like, <laughs> Tajiri's a sick fuck. Don't, don't you worry. 
But see, that's the thing that you just, it, I guess it just doesn't come across. I feel like he's very, he's very technical and he's very calculating. But I feel like when we're talking like I'm scared what these people can do, it would have been more so the two of you. Like their heads are just gonzo versus this other guy. Yeah, we had the jury in the mix pretty good. And he was on board with all that crazy stuff? Oh, yeah. Wow. So I wonder where you can go from here. I mean. Oh, there's some more to go. I don't know where it is, but there's some more to go. Vince McMahon had a conversation with Mick Foley. And obviously we know Mick would go out and do whatever, whenever, and use his body basically as his canvas to go ahead and paint his masterpiece. Right. Vince said, you can do that every once in a while, but I don't want to see that every single night because we need you. And it, you can't do shock and awe every night because it really takes away from when shock and awe does happen. How often do you think matches like that should happen? Do you think it should be once or twice every six months, once or twice a year? Or do you say it depends on the situation? I would say probably once or twice a year, but it does also depend on the situation. Like WWE got to the point of having, oh, we're having Hell in the Cell this month. Not necessarily a match or a program that had the, the guts behind it to, mm-hmm. to necessitate a Hell in the Cell match. So WWE got to a point where they were booking around their pay-per-views. As opposed to booking so something biggest- just because uh, it made sense. So the Cell actually became more of a important character, if you will, than in the participants did. Right. Because you had it every it year. It was just now. interesting because when you look back when – yeah. Oh, we got three months. Well, we got to get to hell in the cell. I, well, we got to think of something. But wouldn't you also say – I mean when it came to – when you look back at matches that were bloodier and gorier, we are going to go back and use the Attitude Era for an example. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, they made the cell. The cell didn't make them. They made the cell. Mick Foley and The Undertaker, they made The Cell. The Cell did not make them. However, I feel like now with the roster they have, not to say it's not as talented, because I think they are talented, but in different areas, I feel like maybe The Hell in the Cell might not currently fit with their current theme. Is that something you would agree with? Yes, because they've gone a different direction. Right. The, the last time I paid attention to A Hell in the Cell was with Taker and Shane McMahon. You know, and you had the fucking airbags outside and of your the table. And it's just. Right. It's like we're doing spectacular things now because people hear hell in the cell. And like, well, we need to do something spectacular. Mm-hmm. Where? No, you don't. Well, it's going to be let down if we don't do it. Well, whose fault is that? Every time they had one, they had, every time they had one, they had to do something to one up cactus. Instead of going a completely different direction and leaving the cactus spot off the top of the cage and through the cage as a one off, holy fuck. This is special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you had Cactus taking the, the backdrop from Hunter through the cell into the gimmick canvas. Right. Then you had Rikishi taking the bump off the cell into the flatbed of hay. It's like, oh, now we're just doing shit just mm-hmm. to do shit. As right. opposed to just like, again, we're having a Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, and we have to have two Hell in the Cell matches just because we're having a pay-per-view called Hell in the Cell. I'll tell the cell, so we have to do something spectacular. Someone's got to fall off the top of it or some shit like that. But the point is, though, at some point, you're not going to be able to top what's next. Correct. If you're doing something at WrestleMania where you need to have a crash pad, or the blow-up crash pads, okay. at ringside to do a spot, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Right. Because even all the camera angle changes and things like that, you could still tell there's a crash pad under that, right, under that table. So why even do it? Doesn't make any sense. Do you think the fans... Do you think that the fans are so demanding that it puts pressure on them to do something different or something more crazy each time? Yeah. Or do you think it's just their own mentality that says, we need to up what we did the, the previous time? Maybe like who 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 carries that responsibility though? They put them they put themselves in that position. Well, ultimately it's Vince, right? Because they're giving into public uh, opinion at that point. The cactus thing off the top of the cell and everything else should have been the stopping point. Unless you had something 
that made sense that they were going to do to escalate it and build to something like that. Not the other way around where now we have hell in the cell, well, now we have to do something spectacular. No, you're booking it backwards. Maybe Hell in a Cell should be more of just, and I know this is going to sound goofy, but should be more of a match than it is the name of the pay-per-view. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Like within a pay-per-view, yeah. you can have a Hell in a Cell Absolutely. match. And by all means, get rid of that fucking red light. Oh my God, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I don't like it when they change the goddamn lighting for some of this shit. I get it, Bray Wyatt's a fucked up weird clown character, okay? It doesn't do anything for at least me or anyone else. To try to squint my eyes and try to focus in on what the fuck's going on when it looks like, you know, it just – it doesn't do anything. Do, do you know what I'm talking about here with the red light? Yep. What's the concept? What's the – in your opinion here? To do something different. What's the thought process? Is it supposed to be more ominous, more creepy, more yeah, – it's just something different. I wonder if fans have a hard time from the audience seeing it because it is darker. I'm, I'm sure it has some effect. It's probably brighter live. I don't know. It probably is. They probably tone it down in the truck. But see, that's something to me that's just but, uh, okay. If you want to have creepiness and things like that during his entrance, cool. Absolutely. Oh, I'm all for that. But once the match starts, okay, that's it. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't know. I just. I sometimes. And like I said, I'm not trying to be a critic here. I'm not trying to be a cynic and, and sound like I'm bad mouthing anything. I just sit there and I question. I wonder why. I wonder why this was this way, or I wonder that why that was decided to be that way. They probably just tried something from an enjoyable viewing perspective. They, I they guess probably they just, yeah, they're just trying trying something new, right? Sometimes you got to mix it up a little bit. Sometimes, yeah. Like they used to have so, different colored lights for Sin Cara too. Yeah, I can't honestly tell you how many matches I've seen with Sin Cara. Well, when he first isn't there when like he first came in multiple. Oh, when he okay. When he did that springboard thing, when he would jump over the top rope? He still does that, I think. Oh, well. Shows you how much Sin Cara matches I watch. But when he first came in, they would change the color of the lights. When he was wrestling. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, okay. Right. Sure. <laughs> TNA Wrestling did that a couple of times with their, uh, was it with their hardcore pay-per-views when they used you ECW guys and it was all dim in there? And I was like, what? Why are we doing – did somebody not pay the electric bill? What the fuck's going See, on See, I like the old dim look. The old NWA used to do that. Well, the ring was lit though and yeah. everyone around – Right. Yes, I, yes. See, I like that type of look. I have no problem with that look. The whole thing, we're going to like the I, crowd and everything else. Eh, I get it no. from a TV standpoint. But I like the ambiance. Yeah, you, all you wine drinkers out there, you're all – That's right. I can tell. This is a different side of Mikey Whitbrook than people are normally getting. What do you mean? No, we usually get the uh, either the hard booze or <laughs> you've already had five or six, seven, eight beers. We hear the cans, you know, clinking down together. You stumble around the living room. Now you got yourself a a wine glass and using fancy words like ambiance. Who said I have a wine glass? Who says I'm not drinking it from the fucking bottle? Whoa. With a fucking paper bag. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I was just making assumptions here. I thought you said you were going back on the keto. Eventually. <laughs> Wait, well, hold on. What do you mean eventually? I remember the conversation we had, and Jerry was very proud. You had lost. Well, I'm getting there. I do a buildup when I say something. I, I kind of draw things out. I can tell. So the conversation we had, and Jerry was very proud of you, and he was comparing how much weight you had lost to a big bag of dog food. Yeah. And so I went to, I went to the grocery store, I, I don't know, that the next day or a couple days after, and I picked up a bag of dog food, and I thought, Mikey lost this much. And it was like how much Hornswoggle probably weighs. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And then you you started to say that uh, you were going to take a, a small sabbatical from it. So What it goes to say is I lost. I look at it as like a temporary displacement. <laughs> you, you misplaced it, and then you become reacquainted with it. Yeah. Oh. Can't help it. Like, I'm just- how do you feel – do you feel good? No, I feel like complete ass. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did you feel better when you lost the dog food weight? <laughs> Did you feel better when you were a fucking puppy chow? <laughs> it was at Alpo. I was going to go with Imes. Too expensive. Well, I'm going to be a fat fuck for WrestleCade. <laughs> That's pretty much a given at this point. 
God damn it. You are terrible. You realize that? What? Oh my God. Well, just going to be a fat son of a bitch. Russell Cade's already here. Fuck <laughs> it. Now. That's a lost opportunity. Yep. So you're going to have Thanksgiving and then are you flying out that night? Are you flying out the next morning? The next morning, six o'clock. Jeez, I'm peace. I had to leave my house at like two o'clock in the morning. Man. Yeah. Get to the airport at four, fly out at six. I fly down to Atlanta, then I have to fly up to uh, Raleigh, Charleston, West Virginia. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then we are driving from Charleston, West Virginia to Winston-Salem. You and, you and Chris? Chris, probably the franchise. Jerry, if he can make it. Uh, Hack. Oh, my God. Yo. You have to have the tape machines recording. We need – you know how many times fans have heard about those legendary car ride conversations? Yeah. You got to record that shit, man. Okay. That would be phenomenal. I'll see. Um, so it's the day after Thanksgiving, so – yeah, that's kind of out of the question. And then you have a month before Christmas. You think you can take it easy during the holiday season, or you get really into the whole Christmas cookies? And- no, fuck that. I don't give a fuck. You know me in holidays. Fuck's given. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> you know what I fucking like, found uh, out today? What's that? You know what happens uh, uh, three days after New Year's? What happens three days after New Year's? My wife has to pick up the fucking Girl Scout cookies again. Oh, my God. I had a feeling that was coming back. It's already. So we just had this shit. Wow. Have some boxes in wow. Yep. They're back. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck. And now she's the head of, like, they have, uh, not the head of, but, but they have... <laughs> <laughs> She's the den mother, right? Is that correct? I forget what they're called. But she has like twice the amount of girls this year. Whoa, 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 whoa. She has double the roster she had last the time? It's like double in size. Yeah. Oh, I said, how the fuck are you going to put these cookies? Oh, we'll make room. Oh, my God. You know what that means? Some of my shit is getting boxed up. Oh, my yeah. So, are they going to raise their quota since they had a really good year last year? Well, they have to. They have, like, double the girls, I think. This is such a corporate thing. Like, oh, my God. I know. Holy shit, this is... Mm. What does your daughter think about this whole thing? Does she, does she like doing this thing, or is there a point in time where she goes, all right, I've had enough of this? No, she likes Honestly. it. She has, have, she has her Around goal, your- which is sell her cookies, and then she can go to the special Girl Scout event that they have. For the kids in the elite class. Okay. But there's... Of sellers. There... Nope, you only sold 400 cookies. Sorry for you. You get nothing. Here's a patch, sweetheart. So... Sewn on your vest. Oh, my... So I know she's going to sell it in front of your wife. Like, oh, this is great. But when she comes up to dad, she never says... No, she wants me to buy cookies. Never. Oh, yeah. Jeez. She's into it. Mm. So... How old is your daughter right now? Nine. She's nine. So I know nothing about the Girl Scouts. How, when does she graduate from? <laughs> how old before she graduates from the Girl Scouts? Um, or what age does this go up to? High school, I think. You got to be shitting me. Oh. 18 years old? I don't know if that far, but it's, you know, it's the same thing with the Boy Scouts. I mean, the Scouts, not the Boy Scouts anymore. Right. What? Yeah, that's kind of different because they include girls now in the Boy Scouts. Yes. They're doing like this whole inclusion thing. So I, I, I get very confused when things change from what I used to know. In the, the Scouts, most. you learn life skills. I don't know what you learn in the Girl Scouts. And I'm not saying that to be like a dick, like a wise ass. I really don't know the right. difference. You just don't know their curriculum. Right. right. I think the highest you can go – my brother-in-law was an Eagle Scout, and you have to get like um, – at least at that time, you had to get like um, – That's too much fucking work. That's nominated fucking by work. a senator or a governor that, or they, a... Look, give me a knife. Let me whittle some fucking wood and give me my fucking badge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. It's pretty fucked up that you the Boy Scouts have the, – the Cub Scouts have a, a division called the Weeblows. I'm not even uh, touching that. Exactly. 
Does anybody else find that strange but me? And they haven't changed the name yet? My wife's uh, high school, they were the camels in their... um, Two humps or one? Two. I don't know if it's a dromedary or whatever the fuck they are. But uh, their slogan, which was actually on their t-shirts, is Watch Out We Spit. Okay. I'll be right back. I need more wine. As if no con... I'll be right back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hold on. I need more Antler Ridge. Are you... Is he really going to get I'll be right wine? back. I guess I'm going to get more wine. Okay, get some more I'll be right wine. Back. Yeah, get I'm going. Hold on. I got to get something too. Yeah. All right. Yep. Sure. You know, I, I just want to let everybody know we do not promote alcoholism whatsoever. Drink responsibly within moderation. It's my belief system right there. And if you're going to drink wine, take it out of the fucking bag. But that's just my two cents. Let's see what Fancy Nancy comes back with here. Mr. Shipwreck, you there? I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. Oh, Goulet. Oh, look, a big one. Did you get more wine? Good. I don't think you're supposed to put... Same type that you had before? In like a big... One of those big tumbler glasses. Oh my god! You're drinking it out of like a like a glass, yeah, like some sort of fucking goblet or some bullshit. I'm drinking it out of like a regular glass, like you pour a pint of beer in. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Not too good. Drinking my wine from a pint this glass. Is, <laughs> this is fucking. This is this is this is this isn't real, kids. Oh my! So. Did you just go get another bottle, or did you just fill up your uh, I, I your up glass. glass? What did you just do? You filled up. You're drinking it like it's Kool Aid yeah. right now. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I mean, how else would you do it? I. Well, and the fucking wine I glass, but I, I would have left it. about fucking six or seven times to refill if I'd have a wine glass. Why don't you just get an IV at this point? I mean, Jesus, you're going through this stuff like it's. Oh man! Like it's delicious. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it. How are you on New Year's? That's what I'd like to know. Do you? Uh, Woo! You get a little crazy. I get on H. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> did you just slap either one of your shoulders? I got that feeling that you just did I that. Oh my! Oh my god! See, we were gonna go, look here. All right, here's the fucking story. We were gonna go to Olive Garden. But that's like a 35-minute drive from us. Okay. We dropped the kids off to our friend's house, whose uh-huh. who's kids slept over our house the last time. Remember that debacle? I do. It wasn't really a debacle. You were a good house guest. You guys all sat around. The adults did. You made a bonfire. Yeah, until they wouldn't, go, until they wouldn't go to sleep. <laughs> we, we, the kids slept over their house this time. So we dropped them off. Park was there. We started talking and drinking and Angel and... Uh, our friend, she, they polished off a bottle of wine. Antler Ridge, different different uh, flavor, I believe. Okay. And Andy and I, we uh, were drinking Landshark. Nice. Landshark is good stuff. Yeah. So I think I believe we each had four of those. And then we said, well, I'm not driving to fucking <laughs> down Olive Garden. Let's go somewhere local. So waited a little bit, so I uh, was not driving under the influence because I will not do that. Smart man. And went over to Joy B's. So why didn't Parker just join the crew during the sleepover party? Uh, he's three, so you know that's kind of a rough road to hoe there. He's he's co-hosted on this show before. He can handle himself. No, that's Landon. Oh, okay. His birthday's bad. tomorrow, on Thursday. By all means, tell him I said happy birthday. He's a big seven. Wow. Thursday, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. How about that? Uh, I did have another wrestling thing I wanted to ask you about. I want to get your take on this. What's that? Um, well, when it comes to finishes to matches, I've noticed something that has kind of gone away in recent years. It used to be you hit your finisher, that's Small it. Small package. Right? Lights out. Small package. Right. We're, talk- we're, not ta- we're not talking about bedroom experiences, but moving on. <laughs> um, oh, my, my finish is the colossal tussle. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Oh. Take it deep. Oh, my God. Oh. So when it comes to finishes and, and matches. Very subjective. Finishes to matches or your bedroom experience? Both. I figured. Um, it used to be when somebody hit their finishing move, that was considered it. That's it. That's done. There's a lot of false finishes nowadays. And I'm not just talking in one particular company, but all across the board. Do you think that the use of the false finish is also overused as well? I think so, yeah. The f- I think your, it your kind of kills. Every now and then right. you kick out of a finish, okay. But there should be counters to the finish into something else as mm-hmm. a false finish. Well, the reason why I bring this up is because take Brock Lesnar, for example. When people would get hit with the F5, that's it, right? That's it. Right. Seth Rollins, the curb stomp, that's it. Right. I don't feel like nowadays that is really the definitive ending to a match, and I feel like what's the point of having a quote-unquote signature finish if it's not really – and I'm not saying it has to end every match because you can do different, different endings to matches, but I feel like it really kind of just waters it down. And I feel like when I watch matches now, I see a lot of people who hit their finishers, and it would be a perfect time to end it, and it's not the case. Why do you think that has become such a prevalent thing, and do you think that that needs to go back to the way it used to be? Again, Mike, the business has evolved. Unfortunately, the guys are not out there every week establishing their finish. This to move, this to finish, this is it. As you would see, guys, on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. this is my finish. Right. It beats everybody. This is my finish. And it's just evolved to the point where you don't have that every Saturday morning. You don't have guys establishing their finish. So a finish is almost like any other move now. So there's really no point in actually even having one. I mean, you could have your go-to move. That's going to win them. Or a series of moves. Yeah, it's going to win you. Well, you have your one move that's going to win you the majority of your matches. That's how you want to put somebody away. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're actually established for the most part. And you think that's because the business has evolved from the, the standpoint of programming to be able to tell that story to the audience? Right. Interesting. And that's my take on it. Because hey, really, you, you watch TV Saturday mornings or whenever it was, Saturday evening to 6.05, the stars would come out, have their match, and they'd hit their finish. That's the end of the match. And you see them establishing their move. That's how they win the match. Right. So when they got to a point where they'd actually hit their move on a star, ooh, this is it. And then if they would kick out, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's just like any other move. Guys will still win with, with their finish, but they have to hit it four, five, six times sometimes. Jeez. It's just evolved, and that's all. That's interesting. I just want to get your take on that because, you know... I know that a lot of performers have Goulet! something that they do. Indeed it is. Oh, look, Canela Ridge. Hey, hey, speaking of something, uh, that's kind of like Robert Goulet. Staring contest, you beat Ro- You win. You always do. <laughs> and that dress is so I- scandalous. I asked you about that guy who sings in... He sings all the major songs, but he sings them as if he's like a, a parlor singer. Did you ever find that guy? Richard Cheese. Is that what his name I is? So. Nice. I enjoyed that. Um, speaking of something that's a lot like Robert Goulet, the Rock and Roll Express were again featured on AEW programming. Nice. They were at the pay-per-view full gear. And I believe they are, and I might be wrong with this, but at least they were recently the NWA, the new NWA. They were their tag team champions. Really? Yes. Nice. I want to say this, and I mean this with all sincerity. Uh, Ricky Morton is ridiculously good right now. Oh, like, Ricky's phenomenal. Even still. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He did a Canadian Destroyer at the pay-per-view, and then he did a Tope Suicida, if I'm saying that right. And he got the crowd so revved up. It was ridiculous. I mean, he looks good. He moves good. He can obviously talk like nobody's business. I got a tremendous amount of respect for him. Tremendous. 
His tag team partner's pretty good, too. Oh, Robert's great, too. Yes. Big Hootus. Anything else you want to go over? Nope. You feel feel content at this point? I feel great. That's good. You sound good. Well, I've had 13 glasses of wine. I, well, I was just about to bring that up. I mean, you, you might want to... You might probably want to make sure this... How much is left in the cup, by the way? Uh, just under half. How big is this cup? How many ounces is in the cup? Oh, it's like a, like a pint glass. Okay. Oh, that's not... Jesus Christ. And you've had, what, three or four of those pint glasses? <laughs> yes. A fucking antler village or whatever it is, wine? Antler Ridge. Red Vixen. Yeah. I bet you shagged like a minx. Have you heard the new Ozzy song? I have not, but I know how excited you were about that whole thing. You're very excited about it. Oh, my that. God. It's fucking tremendous. Really? It's got very heavy lyrics. Nice. So how is he doing health-wise right now? Is he, is he doing any better? He's doing better, yes. So he's going to go back on tour in 2020, correct? He took the rest of 2019 off? Yes. Late 2020. Well, okay. in the spring, I think. At some point in 2020. Okay. New album comes out in January. Let's go. Wow. So how close would he have to come for you to go to the, the concert? I don't know, three, four hundred miles. Holy fuck. You're willing to drive 400 miles? For Ozzy Osbourne? Are you kidding? Wow. The man is a fucking legend. I'm not saying he's not, but I mean, I know people who drove less to see the Pope. The Pope was not Ozzy Osbourne. No, he's not. There's been numerous Popes. There's only been one Ozzy Osbourne. And when he goes, that's it. There's not going to be another one. Pope or Ozzy Osbourne? Oh, there'll be plenty of Popes. Ah, this one croaked. Let's just get a new one. Send the white smoke up through the fucking chimney. Yeah, I never understood why they did that. I don't either. But no. When, they have an email or something? When the, when the Pope dies, yeah. they vote. They have a new one. How do you think that vote goes? I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering, is it really like contentious? Like... Do they really, I mean. like, they do they really get like, ah, oh, you can't have that guy. He's German. We can't have a German Pope. Like, they're all, like, the most religious, perfect people ever. So it's the, how do you determine who's who? I don't know. The smoke thing just bothers me because, you know. Why does it bother you? Well, if my parents were neighbors to the Vatican, my parents would be calling 911. My parents are very nosy. And I think the whole smoke aspect is fine. That's cool. But, I mean, we got Twitter and Facebook can't you just like tweet a message out like, hey, we picked a new guy. He starts Wednesday. That's what I say. You, you see these fucking, this fucking gender revere bullshit. They try to get more and more spectacular with, oh, what, what sex is the baby? You know, one lady got shot in the face with a fucking pipe bomb because they fucking made it wrong. Whoa. Is she dead? Yeah, she died of her injuries. Oh my God. She got shot in the face with a pipe bomb. Yeah. Something malfunctioned with the gender reveal thing. And, uh. They made a gender reveal pipe bomb. Yeah, something oh was supposed to happen. It was supposed to, but then they had this this one that this fucking plane crashed. I heard about that. That's terrible. I was like, what the fuck? I know. Has it just sent out a fucking tweet with, with a boy baby face or a girl baby face? I mean, whatever happened in the good old days? Up, oh, it's a boy. Right. Wait till it comes out. You know the commercial where you couldn't call collect. Right. I'd like to make a collect call. Yes. Hi. This is uh, <laughs> we out a baby eats a boy. <laughs> Would you accept the collect call like from? Would you accept the charges? From we got a baby, it's a boy. No, like oh, hey, it's a blue balloon, it's a pink balloon. Right. No, these things get more and more fucking spectacular. What, did you like the fucking wife, hippo where the elephant had a fucking watermelon and crushed it? Yeah. Which is kind of fucking disturbing. Think about it. Did you and your wife ever do anything like that, or did you just wait till it you know squeezed no. out? Well, the first two we found. You didn't out. do anything. The first two we found out. What do you mean you found them? No, we found out ahead of time. Oh, oh, Christ. Okay, good. You scared me for a second. Yeah. And it was Our first just... two children, we found them. <laughs> like, what? Well, they okay. were in the corner of Fifth and Lexington. Gotcha. They looked like they were lost, so I figured, oh, why not? <laughs> they got it broken in. Uh, no, but when uh, Parker, we didn't know. He was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Now, Parker was born. I had if, the hospital. I went down he... to the, the boiler and... Had him put up some blue smoke at the chimney. Look at you. Like a good Catholic, right? I'm not Catholic. No. 
Neither am I. Um, so if you're a wrestling fan, okay, so you know we're about to end this goddamn show, and somehow we're on babies now. I don't even know how this fucking happens. Um, what I was going to ask you is if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, how could you do a gender reveal that is baby-related? Like how could you do that? How could you do it? Yeah, if you're a wrestling fan, you're like, man, I really, you know, I'm big into wrestling and I want to do a gender reveal. How would you mix the two? That's a good question. I mean, you can't do like a blade job in front of everybody because that's red. I mean. Yeah, we have a contest. We have a, we have a contest. Okay. We, we, we need a new opening uh, for our show. So if you, one of our six listeners out there, if you're, if you're inclined, put together a new intro. Oh, I'm not being involved in this horse shit because I literally got bent over and an apple stuck in my mouth last time I ran a contest. So and It's really not even a fucking okay. contest. If you want, you, you want to submit a, so an intro, let, let's, please do. That's fantastic. If you don't, go that's, fuck yourself. Oh, my God. Just, you know... <laughs> All right, is there anything else you want to go over before we have to say goodbye? No, not really. You think we covered about everything today? No pun intended? Uh-huh, I think so. Nice. So we talked about AEW, we talked about the weapons, we talked about finishes. Um, covered some good stuff. Gender reveal. If you like what we're doing, and I have gotten some more reviews on iTunes for the show, you guys... Oh, are, really? Uh, yes, we're, we have more. So by all means, and you can do a review and you don't have to leave a comment if you don't want to, but you know what? Keep in mind, we, we do read these comments. So we're getting, we're getting some really good feedback right now. So remember the more you do, uh, the higher we climb the iTunes chart, so more people can hear about us and enjoy everything that is front row material. If you would like to get any front row material merchandise, uh, designed by the Halifax Matt, who is very, very talented. He's the man that makes all this stuff work. Um, go over to frmpod.com. All the links are there. Follow Mikey, follow Jerry, follow our new front row material Twitter account until our old one gets verified. And we jump on the Twitter to go into the break to Twitter verification. I want to do my defender. So our new one is FRM Podcast. Is that what that is? Am I, inter- am I saying that right? FRM Podcast. FRM Podcast. Perfect. All right. Any closing words, statements, anything? Nope. Did you finish off that tumbler? Uh, it's about one sip left. Nice. Well, I'll let you get at that, and I'm going to let you guys get on with your day. Thanks for listening to us. We do appreciate it. Remember, tell your friends, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter. Let everybody know where they can hear the show every week on Wednesday here on the MLW Radio Network and anywhere you can find your podcasts. For Jerry Lynn, for Mikey Whipwreck, I am Mike Freeland. We will catch you next week on Front Row Material.